Good morning. Thanks for joining us. It's great that I've uh, got the opportunity this morning to share live in the church building. This is the first time in over 12 months that we've actually done this, a live preach. So you're going to have to bear with me a little bit this morning. If I'm honest, I'm a little bit nervous. Um, I've done this many times before, but doing it live just feels a different pressure. So I appreciate your support this morning. Looking forward to the day when we're in here and we're all together and uh, very much excited for that. Obviously, normally, the last 12 months, I've been doing this recorded so I can make mistakes, where this morning I can't make as many mistakes. So if I do make a mistake, please bear with me. Please give me a bit of grace. I may upset you this morning. It's not my intention. So please bear with me. Get, give me a bit of grace this morning. Um, this morning, I want to talk about outreach. This month, it's one of our themes, looking at, um, you know, being far-reaching. One of our uh, things as a church is to be a people that are far-reaching. And I want to talk some, just give you some thoughts this morning on outreach. You know, outreach is really about our ability to, you know, see a need and help other people. We can do community outreach where we look for people's needs within our community and we look to respond. We look at what we can give, what we can share, people, how we can support people in the community, you know, and it's about us choosing as a church, you choose an individual, about what we want also to model to others. You know, I've got two beautiful girls and what I do, they follow. Um, They might not always follow, they might not always do as they're told, but they will be watching my life. So what I do and what me and Sarah do, they will grow up in a similar culture and I'll guarantee that they will be watching and they will do the same things as well. So it's important as a people that we're a people that outreach because we're modeling something to other people. You know, and also with outreach, there are loads of benefits. When I say outreach, often I think, oh, I've got to do something else. It's, it's about other people that are going to benefit when I share my, you know, my time, my energy, my gift, my money, or food, or whatever it is. We often think, I've got to give something. And yes, we do, but actually there are so many good benefits with people that give. You know, a, a generous people, a kind people receive so many other benefits themselves. Statistically, apparently, people that outgive, give or, or are generous, statistically speaking, are usually people who are physically healthier and mental, mentally healthier. So, you know, there are great benefits. Usually people, this is statistically speaking, people that are generous are people who are more optimistic in life as well. So there are great benefits when we're talking about out reaching and giving there are far uh, more benefits for you as well even though that might not be your motive there are things that are going to benefit you as well as you outreach to other people you know people who outreach generally um, they don't struggle with things like mental health issues and depression because they're helping to focus on others it gives you a greater satisfaction in life that you're giving back to society so there's so many benefits I can't share them all this morning so when we're talking about outreach we're talking about other people benefiting as we give to them but actually there's so many other benefits that come to you as you give out I think sometimes we're a little bit scared of giving our things away because we're scared we're going to miss out or lose or not have enough but actually I think there are greater spiritual uh, 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 benefits that when you give to others and I want to look at an example this morning that's inspired me from the Bible you know the Bible 
is there to train us and equip us. And as we read scripture, it can do a number of things. It can teach us, it can rebuke us, it can challenge us, but ultimately it's there to train us and equip us so that we will do what God wants us to do. So I'm going to look at an example in the Old Testament. It's in Genesis 24, and it's a woman who I believe is, shows amazing outreach. She has some wonderful qualities that I believe we can learn through, uh, learn from, and put into our lives. Now, the context of this account is that Abraham, um, he wants a wonderful wife for his son Isaac. But he doesn't want his son to marry into certain values, certain cultures. So he sends his servant to go and find a wonderful wife. So the servant is sent. Abraham's at the end of his life and the servant is sent. And we take it up in Genesis 24 verse 10. It says, Then the servant left, taking with him ten of his master's camels, loaded with all kinds of good things from his master." presuming this wasn't in lockdown because they were allowed to go. Apparently this journey was about 500 miles. So this is not a short trip that he's going on. He set out from Aram Nerim and made his way to the town of Nahor. He had the camels kneel down near the well outside the town. It was towards evening, the time the women got out, go out to draw water. Then he prayed, Lord, God of my master Abraham, Make me successful today and show kindness to my master Abraham. See, I am standing beside this spring and the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw water. May it be that when I say to a young woman, please let down your jaw that I may have a drink. And she says, drink and I'll water your camels too. It's quite specific, isn't it? He's asking. Let her be the one you have chosen for your servant Isaac. By this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. Before he had finished praying, Rebekah came out with her jaw on his shoulder. She was the daughter of Bethuel, son of Milcah, who was the wife of Abraham's brother Nahor. The woman was very beautiful, a virgin. No man had slept with her. She went down to the spring, filled a jaw, and came up again. The servant hurried to meet her and said, Please give me a little water from your jar. Drink, my lord, she said, and quickly lowered the jar to her hands and gave him a drink. After she had given him a drink, she said, I'll draw waters for your, water for your camels too, until they have had enough to drink. So she quickly emptied her jar into the trough, ran back to the well to draw more water, and drew enough for her camel for all his camels. Without saying a word, the man watched her closely to learn whether or not the Lord had made his journey successful. When the camels had finished drinking, the man took out a gold nose ring, weighing a becker, and two gold bracelets weighing ten shekels. Then he asked, Whose daughter are you? Please tell me, is there room in your father's house for me to spend the night? Pretty cheeky, isn't it? <laughs> she answered him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, and the son of Milcah bore to Nahor. And she added, We have plenty of straw and fodder, as well as room for you to spend the night. Then the man bowed and worshipped the Lord, saying, Praise be to the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who has not abandoned his kindness and faithfulness to my master. As for me, the Lord has led me on a journey to the house of my master's relatives. Pretty amazing account, right? This lady is um, just going about a daily duty and all of a sudden a servant turns up and asks for water 
And, you know, I just, I just find this an amazing account where, you know, we see God's plan being fulfilled, yet she doesn't know anything about what God is planning. She has no idea. She's just going about a normal, everyday business. She's fetching water from a well that she probably fetched it in day in, day out. You know, the duties of a daily lady would go and fetch these waters and bring them back. Yet God has a plan for her life. God has a a bigger plan and bigger purpose that she knows nothing about as she goes about her daily duty. And I just want to share some thoughts from her. I believe we can learn, all learn, as we listen to her and we look at some of the qualities that she has. And as we put these qualities in our lives, I believe we'll be a people like her, a people of outreach. I believe God is looking for a people, a people that he can call. The Bible says that in in Scripture that we are like his bride. He is the husband and we are in a covenant relationship. If you're a believer this morning, a covenant relationship with him. So we are like his bride. And I believe he is looking for something in his bride. He is looking to say, can I see these qualities in my bride today? These are the qualities that I want to see in my bride. You know, and sometimes we get it right, sometimes we we get it wrong but I believe it's what God is looking just like he sent this servant to look for the qualities that he sees in Rebecca so here are some thoughts what we can learn from her the first one is this she looks for the opportunity she could have walked past that opportunity and missed it she could have just carried on and you know she could have had an attitude I'll leave that for someone else why, why should I feed this man? Why should I fetch water for his camels? I've got my own camels to water. I've got my own... Man, she might not have had a camel. She, she's got her own family to loot. I've got my own responsibilities. I've got my daily jobs and work. Why bother with these people when I've got enough to do? Yet she doesn't have that attitude. She has an attitude of responsibility. She has an attitude that responds. The ability to respond, that's what responsibility is. It sees something. It sees an opportunity and says, I can help. I can be there. I can bring relief. You know, she's not looking for a big event. She's not looking for the next, you know, the next fix. She's simply, genuinely, I believe, wanting to help. You know, it's not a big task. It's an everyday task that she's doing. She's, it's an everyday task that is, you know, it's just simply, um, simply going to, a, going to a well, fetching water and, and bringing it to, you know, a camel. It's, it's just like me and you when we're at home, right? You have everyday tasks to do. You, you, you get up in the morning, hopefully you have a wash, I'm hoping you do. Maybe every other day. You know, they're just daily tasks to look after yourself. You brush your teeth. Most of you do daily. You get up, you go maybe do some other tasks like wash the dishes, put the washing in the dishwasher, in the dishwasher, sorry. Yeah, put the dishes in the dishwasher, put the washing, can you tell I don't do it? Put the washing in the washing machine, right? They're just daily tasks. I do do it sometimes. But they're daily tasks that you're getting on. To. You, you, you may be doing an assignment. It's, a, it's, it's an assessment that you're doing. What are you doing? You're doing a daily task. You're going to work. You're fetching things. You're helping people. You're filling things in. Maybe you work on a production line. What are you doing? It's a daily task. They're not big things. They're just daily tasks that you are completing. 
And that's where I believe God works. He doesn't look and say, I'm going to give you a big event and see how you do with it. He gives us daily opportunities and responsibilities and say, what do you do with these? How do you respond to your daily tasks? Do you do it with a heart that is thankful? Do you do it with a heart that sees the opportunity where I'm working in your life? Or do you think, well, if I get the next big thing. So God just looks for daily opportunities, daily tasks, and says, how look for the opportunities? You have got opportunities on a daily basis that you can complete. It's the small things I believe God looks at and says, are you faithful with these small things? She was a woman who was faithful with the small things. She was given opportunities and she was faithful with the small things she'd been given. The second thing I believe we can learn from her is this, is how quickly do we respond? I've kind of touched on it a little bit, but it says in verse 18 that she, it says in verse 18, drink my Lord, she said, and quickly lowered the jar. So she didn't wait until tomorrow. She didn't say, I'll leave it for someone else. She quickly responded to the task. But um, she was a person who responded quickly. She lowered the jar quickly. And then what she did is she used her initiative. She saw the opportunity and used her initiative. It says that she said, I will feed, I'm sorry, I will water, I'll draw water for your camels too. So not only did she just see the daily task of doing what she did, she saw a greater opportunity and she used her initiative to go and water another 10 camels. It's a bit like, I don't know if you've ever worked in a restaurant or if you've worked in a, a place where you can serve people drinks when I was younger, I went and got a, a, a job in a bar. And my task was simply this. When the people came into the bar, I would be waiting. And when they came in, my job was to respond and go and ask them what drink they needed. And then take the, take the order, go to the, to the bar, get the drinks and take it back. And that's a similar thing, I believe, that how we should wait on God. We don't wait on, we don't wait on God Um, We don't wait on God doing nothing. We wait on God being expectant and being ready to respond to what God wants us to do. It's like a waiter waiting in a restaurant going, right, somebody coming in, they're here, I'll help them. Now, they get paid for that. And ultimately, we don't get always get paid for every task that we give to people. But I believe this is what happens. I believe people are looking to how we respond to their needs. So she looked for the opportunity. Question I ask you is how quickly do we respond? How quickly do you respond to opportunities and use your initiative? Are you a person that steps out or are you a person that waits for somebody else to do it? She says, I'll draw water. Great example. And then the third thing that I like, and I think probably the most important thing in this, I've titled this point, it is finished. She gets the job done. She doesn't leave the task halfway through, but she gets the task done. Now, I just want you to imagine this, right? Ten camels. How much water do camels drink? I had to Google it, and you get different answers. And, And I came up with, when I looked at it, probably about, on a fair, you know, an average drink. Now, they've probably... 
they've probably walked about 500 miles. They may not have had a drink along the way, so they're going to be pretty thirsty. But I'll I'll go kind of in the middle. I'd say 100 liters per camel. That's a lot of water. Now, this is this measurement, 500 milliliters, right? Not even a liter of water. So you imagine, yeah, that's that's, that's a lot of bottles of water. Uh, you can put it on the chat now how many bottles of water some of the mathematicians are working it out it's a lot of bottles of water you're talking a minimum 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 bare minimum a thousand of these possibly up to two thousand even more of these bottles of water a woman who's having to fill it up from a, a well chances are she's bending over it, you know she's lean, it's not an easy task to fill up a bucket or whatever and fill the trough up for the camels it's not a small task you know, it's, it's not a simple task to fill a hundred um, bottles of those water, let alone a thousand or two thousand. This is no small task for this woman. Yet I also find that the servant, this so-called servant, stands by and watches her as she does all the work. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was standing by watching this woman, beautiful woman, mauling 2,000 bottles of water or how many buckets of water, you know, with camels that she's never met before, I'd be like this. I'd be running in picking the buckets up for her. And I know, I know many of you would do the same thing. Some of you might not, but I'm sure you would see the opportunity and think, I'm going to help this. But in this case, the servant doesn't do it. He observes her carefully, he says. Why? Why does he not just go and get on and help her? Because it's a test. It's a test that she's, he's looking for. It's a test to see if actually she's maybe got an ulterior motive. I've seen him with his ten camels. I've seen him with all those riches. Maybe if I help him start to help him, I'll get something from this. Maybe I'll get some riches. Maybe, maybe I'll get some gratitude you know how many of us we do tasks and we look for gratitude and we don't get it and we get disappointed and discouraged so we stop doing the task as we did or many of us we don't get the the recognition we don't get the platform we don't get the microphone we don't get the stage to say look at me all this work I'm doing nobody notices me how many of us do that I've done it myself why don't churches why don't things why doesn't this happen why don't people give us recognition why don't people come near me why 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 and then I realize it's a test it's a camel test it's another camel test, Paul. You know, you got to camel number three. You were all right at that one because it was a good-looking camel. Camel number four, you didn't like that one because it stunk. And when you dealt with that camel, you didn't deal with it the same as camel number three because you were friends with camel number three. But camel number four, it was a rough-looking camel. So what are you going to do with camel number four, Paul? I'll just back off now because I'm not getting my camel affirmation. Do you understand what I'm saying? And it's a camel test. And many of us, we fall short at camel number four or camel number five the one that turned the other way when you gave it the what did you see what they did it's camel number four or camel number six you know that one the one who talks about you behind your back you didn't like that one and I'm not saying he was right that camel but I'm not going to water that camel because he keeps talking I'm not going to be kind to that camel because camel number six keeps talking about me and we give up at camel number six 
We'll give up at camel number seven. What's number ca- number seven? Oh, I'm too tired to keep going. I'm going to pack this in because no one, no one gives me gratitude. No one loves me. No one. Da, 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 da. We go round and round at camel number seven or number eight. We don't even get to camel number ten. And God's looking, saying, "Hey, I want a bride that goes to camel number ten. I want a bride that'll go the extra mile. I want a bride that'll keep going and keep serving. Or go past a thousand liters and go to two thousand liters. Why? Because I put something greater inside them. Something greater and more dynamic that's inside." of you that God says I'm drawing something greater out of you you can go the extra mile this is my people and more importantly why does God want to do this I believe because there's a world that's looking to our responsibility our ability to respond to things things that we don't always like things that we don't always get small little things that people look for when you're at work and people go wow did you see the response did you see when the boss said that to them Did you see when that dirty camel spat on them, even though they did something good? Did you see the camel response at work? That's my bride. That's the one I want for the future. That's the one that I've chosen. This is the one that I'm bringing into my farm. Them are the responses I believe God looks for. I hope you're with me this morning after our technical problems. The guys are doing a great job here this morning. She finishes the task. Why? Because she's not in it for herself. There's a deeper quality within her that isn't, in just, isn't just about discipline or doing the task. There's something greater that's inside of us, I believe God wants to teach us. So she looks for the opportunity. She responds quickly. It is finished. She gets the task done. This is about her nature. This is about the depth of who she are. This is about what she believes, not what she's doing. This isn't about, I'm going to do this and get... No, no. This is a heart that's been changed and transformed and cultivated into a value that is similar to what Abraham had. And the, and the servant is waiting to see, does she pass this camel test? Can she become a part of God's plans and purposes? Is she helping to become this future bride that we need to carry the future destiny of the Savior of the world, of the King of Kings? This is who she's going to be. This is who God. And she's doing it on a daily task. Just going and fetching and doing. And God is cultivating in her a heart that is ready and nurtured to do something so wonderful. I want to encourage you this morning. Keep going on camel number two. Keep going on camel number five. Keep going on camel number seven. Keep going on camel number ten. God's not finished with you. I know you've got your issues. I know you've got your mess. But God is doing something greater inside of you. She single-handedly provides water for ten camels. She's a responsible woman. She's a future bride of Isaac. She's going to carry our destiny. God sees her. How many times does God look and see us on a daily basis? To see how we're responding to the things that don't always go. You know, we, I like the prayer that he prays. But sometimes this is a dangerous prayer for us to base our lives on. Lord, just give me the circumstances I want that match my desire. It's a dangerous prayer to pray because sometimes circumstances don't always match what we want. The better prayer is this. Lord, I thank you for whatever circumstances I had that you are with me and you never leave me. That is the best circumstance to pray in. Be give thanks in your circumstances, not necessarily for them. God is in you and he's with you and he's never going to leave you. You know, sometimes we give up at camel number five because you just we quit the job. We don't get the job done. God's looking for a people who will keep going, even when they don't get rewards. 
They don't quit halfway through, but persevere. It's persevere that produces character when we hang in there. It's the camels in our lives that are helping us to do that. Give thanks for your camels rather than try and change your camels. God has sent camels to you to be watered. Just water them and bless them. But you know this quality, this, this depth that I'm talking on, I want to just, just briefly go into this and finish with this. It's a quality that was in Abraham that is looked for in Rebekah. And the very quality, I believe, is this, the word chesed. The word chesed that Abraham was known for is a quality that is seen in Rebekah. It's a quality, I believe, that should be seen in the bride of Christ, God's body here on earth. And the chesed basically means this. It means bounding, loving kindness. It means there's a, there's a bountiful supply of love that overflows in kindness. And it's the, it's the quality of God that God showed to Abraham when he had a covenant with Abraham and said, I want to bless you. Abraham received the covenant and understood God's favor and loving kindness towards him. Abraham then went and loved people with the same loving kindness. When Lot was lost and, and trapped, he went after him. He had an initiative to go and to reach out. And it's this abounding loving kindness that is available to Abraham that God shows towards us that is available to us and it's available for the world for us to show it it's the chesed church Lamentations 3.22 says this the Lord's loving kindness the Lord's chesed the Lord's loving kindnesses indeed never cease the Lord's love towards you does not cease. The bountiful of supply of loving kindness towards you does not cease. I believe this is what uh, Rebecca had inside of you, of her. She had a bountiful supply of loving kindness that she understood, and it was overflowing to camel number one to camel number ten. It's this loving kindness that is available that never ceases. It says it never ceases for his compassions never fail. It's the love of God that never ceases. It's the love of God that never fails. The issue is we don't sometimes allow it to go deep enough into our very hearts and souls. So that what comes out of us isn't always chesed. What comes out of us is anger or hurt because the chesed of God is not yet renewed us. To Timothy Sorry, Titus 3 verses 4 to 5 says this, But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. God offers us a while, like Rebecca had, that we can go to daily that brings refreshing. If we don't first understand where that while is and do these daily things, we will miss out and do things in our own strength and get tired at camel number one. But when we go to the while of life, he offers a loving kindness that does not end. It is a dynamic, it's like a dynamo inside of us that brings energy and life and goodness and mercy and kindness. When it goes deep within us, there's a while there where we can draw on Jessica speaks of grace it's not works it's grace that is received when the grace is received then it causes us to become proactive it causes us to be expansive in expression it's the same grace that formed the world the world when God spoke it became expansive he is a God of expansion expansion of love that overcomes our sins expansion of love that washes us clean from our past and gives us a hope and a future it is the chesed of God that is 
available. Come on, church. We've got a good God who's poured out goodness to us and we can go to him at any point. It's the chesed, the loving kindness, the boundless loving kindness of God that I believe Abraham experienced, Rebecca experienced, we too as the bride of Christ can experience when we come to him. It's the chesed. I want to be a church that shows outreach, a a, a loving kindness that sees opportunities and responds. And yes, it's not always easy, but if we have eyes that are open, hearts that are responsive, courage to step out and have a go, then who knows what God can do when we're willing. You know, I believe she makes herself available. I believe she made herself available on a daily basis. She could have said, no, I don't want to do that, but no, no, I'm available to just believe what God has said, believe the word of God, believe that I'm loved, believe that I'm cherished, believe that, I, that, I, that I'm a child of God. Do you believe that this morning? Make yourself available to believe. But then she makes herself available to respond. The heart was nurtured and right, I believe. And we too can have our hearts nurtured and be made right through faith in God. Be filled with the Holy Spirit and empowered 2 Timothy 3 verse 16, 17 says, All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. How do we become trained and equipped? When we come to Jesus, the word of God. When we allow the word of God to teach us, to train us, he empowers us and equips us so that we are ready to do every good work. I want to encourage you this week and also challenge you. Keep reading your scriptures. Keep meditating on the word of God that you are a child of God and you are loved. But I also want to challenge you on two things this week. Number one, take this boundless loving kindness and challenge ourselves to be selfless at times. Consider others. But also stay committed when it gets hard at camel number five. And second thing is this, look for opportunities. Look for opportunities this week. Small things, not big things. And I want to challenge you in this as well. Have a motive that just wants to love, just doesn't want to get back. You know, oh, they, didn't, they didn't thank me, they didn't give me that, they, they, they didn't show me that thing that I want to get. No, 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 that's the wrong motive. Love is selfless. Give because you care and you want the best for them, not because you want back. You try it this week, cultivate a heart that's just giving, boom, abounding. And as you give, you become expansive. The world of the generous gets bigger and bigger. It's expansive. Grace is expansive as you give. So be a people that look for opportunity. And I also want to challenge you on this one. Get the job done, eh? Let's finish a job. You start something. I've got some jobs at home. They're ready for when I'm off, right? I know they've got to get done. They're jobs that need to be done. I know what they are. Sarah, I know what they are. And you know we've talked about they're going to get done, I promise. But you've got some things that you keep putting off. They need to be done. It's, oh, it's not about, it's about character. It's about getting the thing done. And we all put things off. But can I encourage you this week? Don't put camel number five off. Because camel number six is going to be harder than camel number five. So if you can't do camel number five, how are you going to do camel number six? It's the same job. It's the same, it's the same work ethic that God wants to work in you. So just get the job done. Get it finished. 
So this week, take that boundless love. If you don't know that boundless love, take a minute to, you know, meditate on Titus 3, verse 4 to 5, this goodness and loving kindness that has come through Jesus. Let Jesus refresh you as well as you come to him. Now, as I mentioned earlier, Rebecca makes herself available. And I'm just going to pray now. And I just want you to take a minute this morning, whenever you're listening in the week, just, you know, come to God and say, am I available for you, God? Am I, re- am I responsive to the needs of this world? Is my heart cultivated to look for others? Or is this about me? And I just want you to take a moment as we sing this song this morning about being available. May God renew in you, renew in you some dynamic, some power, some grace that is available, some mercy that you need. You don't think you're good enough. And may you know more of God's grace and mercy over that issue of our lives. So, Father, we pray this morning. We ask for your mercy, the loving kindness that you've made available through Jesus. Holy Spirit, I pray that you reveal more and more of our lives of how loved we are. That, Lord, maybe we've been like camels in the past to other people and we've not been kind. God, I pray that you would do a work in us deeper than ever. You would show us this loving kindness this morning God the loving kindness of God that's available in Jesus that is available I thank you for it Jesus and Jesus I pray that we would be a people of outreach we would be a people that looks out for others and responds in a way that would be honoring and pleasing and glorifies you as your beautiful bride here on earth in the name of Jesus. Jesus, I thank you that we're not finished and you've not finished with us. We've got more the camels to go. And Lord, I thank you that, that, that you love us in spite of the mess we make. But God, I pray that you continue to remind us of the depth of your love, even though we face difficulties in Jesus' name.